Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. I just had the slightly different yeah. topping. That's it. You had both. <laughs> Honestly, it's it, it's bad. I probably eat on average, depending on like the what time of year it is. Because summertime, I feel like it vamps up. But if I had to put an mm-hmm. average on how many hot dogs I consume in a week, okay, just an average, <laughs> I'd say throughout the year, probably about six a week. So Lizette put it at 52. <laughs> at 50, I'm talking between home. A lot of them are at home, right? And You're then, saying you consume over 100 hot dogs a year. Uh, 100%. There's no question that I've eaten 100. <laughs> I think there's years where it was higher than that, if I'm going to be honest with you. I would say this: the thing I... <laughs> It, I don't see why this is even funny. It has everything you need. It's a hot dog. Um, <laughs> and then, um, the only thing I probably eat almost as much as hot dogs, like on a regular mm. basis, is mm. probably peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So I have just a whole white trashness of diet in my body. I live off of, I can, I live cheaper. Like to feed me, I actually eat technically less cheaper food than like the the african kids that you could feed pennies a day to what's also so funny about this is like we don't need to be specific but you and i both know i make a lot less than you would you know just it just is i eat filet mignon i eat tilapia and tuna steak but because i go to the grocery store when they're getting ready to throw them out i'm like yo i'll take that so i have a couple days before it goes bad but i eat i eat fancy i got a cheese board last night for 5.99 yeah Yeah, so you basically your diet is basically that of the tiger king you're just dumpster diving (laughs) sell by dates (laughs) what we are are two sides of the same dumpster we are just two <laughs> rolling around together in a pile of garbage oh and, and you find something you're just like hey i don't i don't eat tuna steaks no. hey look this one is still good and you'll hand it to me and then i go hey these these flaming hot cheetos still have another day left on them and you're like give them here i've seen a flaming hot cheeto survive in underneath my car seat for months so i don't think there is a sale by if that bag is sealed i'm opening it up and i'm trying it oh eric i love you (laughs) (laughs) well welcome to quality time everyone speaking of flaming piles of garbage welcome to our podcast (laughs) 
Uh, I'm Eric Woodworth, your hostess with the mostess. Uh, and I'm joined by the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontias. Ashley, how are you, love? Oh, hi, Daddy. I'm good. I know. We are without my dear sweet brother. And I guess we should mention this off top. Jeremy is not on the podcast today because in his mind, okay, I need to mention in his mind, he's meeting a big name star. And I know, I wish I hadn't wasted this on you last night and saved this game for today because you already know who he's meeting. I, I waited for you to rephrase that. Because your starting sentence of I wish I hadn't have wasted this on you, I won't lie, my my butthole puckered a bit. And I'm like, we really can't go a week without something. No, no, no. So last night I talked to Ashley on her ride home, right? So I didn't I ran out of things to say, so I had to tell him why Jeremy wasn't gonna be on the show. I couldn't keep it in. But Jeremy Woodworth, the great and talented one, he gets he sends me a text message yesterday. He's like, Hey man, I'm not gonna be on quality time. I'm like, Well, Okay, cool. He's like, I'm meeting a big name star. (laughs) And I'm going to pick him up from his hotel and I'm driving him to a screening of his movie. And Ashley, if I didn't give you any hints about this movie and I offered you a million dollars, would you have even gotten in the wheelhouse of what he considered a big name star that he was picking up on just a guess or two? No, no, I never would have. You could have, Eric, you could have given me a full calendar year, 365 (laughs) days to guess that movie, and I still wouldn't have guessed the movie and or the star. (laughs) Well, uh the uh, I'm going to say the name of the, the star right off the bat, and then I'll tell you what he's actually famous for, because you'll know it after that. He is picking up Greg Sestero, which nobody in our listening ship should know what that name means. But what he was in was in a very famous cult classic, 2003's The Room, written, directed, and starring... Tommy Wiseau. He actually plays the character Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Okay. (laughs) Let us not forget, for those of you who, the few of you that may have no idea, please understand it is a movie that is a cult classic and it is famous for being what is considered probably the worst movie ever made. It is really bad. It's horrible. It's some of the worst dialogue in a film. It actually uh, uh, spawned a a very famous Oscar-nominated movie in uh, The Disaster Artist. Have you ever seen that with James Franco? It is. uh, It's worth the watch. Although, definitely... I don't think the disaster artist is nearly as entertaining as actually watching The Room. But uh, The Room is very entertaining, and it is one of those movies that you go to watch it like in a theater with people, and people like scream. It's like a Rocky seeing a Rocky Horror Picture show, essentially. Well, even even better uh, context for how I feel about this movie. The first time I ever watched this movie was during the week of the infamous story where I got the tampon stuck inside me after sex. So after I fished the tampon out, I watched this movie for the first time. Uh, so those two th- events are linked in your mind forever. Is just pulling a fucking tampon Tommy that you lost it. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau made my pussy so dry and terrified. My body absorbed my tampon <laughs> so that nothing else could get inside. 
<laughs> oh god but yeah so he's meeting he's meeting uh greg sester out and jeremy was already telling me the cringy things he's gonna do he's like i'm gonna try to time it with videos i come up and go i i did not hit her oh hi mark and i'm like i'm sure nobody's ever i'm sure nobody's ever done that before jeremy i'm sure that's never happened to him in his existence and i am so he's also i think jeremy's trying to pitch his baby eater to see if he'll be in baby eater so well i would i would hope that he's learned his lesson this actor <laughs> i would I, I would hope that he's yeah, like you, you know what you think he I've meets Tommy? Before. I worked with Tommy Wiseau and Jeremy Woodworth. Those are my two big ones. <laughs> yeah, if if he were to pick up Jeremy's movie, which Jeremy, if you listen to this, I love you. But if he were to pick up your movie in some way, shape, or form, uh, I would start calling him Tommy Dumbo because nobody <laughs> should should work. <laughs> on this movie i love you i will be in your movie if you need it but do not ruin your professional relationships pitching this movie please don't i love you i don't think he can ruin anything i say shoot for the stars big guy get that fucking get him on the pod okay we'll tell we'll say you know what i'll send out an open invite to mark from the room if he'll be on well look you know i'm feeling a bit left out if I'm being honest, Eric, because, you know, Jeremy's off doing that. You've been slotted to potentially produce another great movie. I mean, (laughs) oh, man, I I'm glad you brought that up. Should we play a little bit of this trailer for the show, Ashley? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Okay, so listen, uh, the great Chris Restivo sent me this uh, trailer. Now, what this trailer is, I'll play a little bit of it. It's neither a a trailer. There's no the, usually a trailer indicates that there's video oh. to it. There's no there's no actual video for this. Well, well, Eric, you misspoke. What you really mean is it was filmed in a trailer. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. So uh, I'll play. He sent me two uh, trailers totaling in about six minutes of content that the great Chris Restivo has put together. I'm going to give you all a little taste of this right here, just so you guys can get your feet wet here. Here we go. Let's do I got held up. I was at the club. I kept on calling and calling. Sorry, I didn't have time to get back to you. Uh, I have a life. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, Chris Restivo having a life is already where I start laughing. That's where I, that's where the laughter begins. Oh, by the, the way, this the, is the trailer for "quote unquote" the stripper whisperer. Okay. The, the day the day that I let a man like Chris Restivo be like, "Hey, I don't have time to respond to your texts. I'm too busy." Is the day you should drive me to Shepherd Pratt. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'll tell him you want the Woodworth Suite. Uh, okay, hold on. Let's let's hear a little bit more of the stripper whisperer here. This girl last night. I gotta say, when are you gonna give up on this idea? I really don't give a fuck. I'm not bullshitting. Here you go. Whatever. I'm going for it. Others. Oh, just you. Whatever you say. I thought these girls were nice. 
case, I'm dealing with multiple stalkers. Okay. Okay. So, so there's a couple things that I just, <laughs> God, that I just love. Um, the use of Dawson's Creek theme music, big fan. Um, absolutely goes with everything in this film. It really sets a tone um, for what we're expecting for the final production of the Stripper Whisperer. Yeah. I, I also want to know, is it called the Stripper Whisperer because he can't control the volume of his voice? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. I want to get a little bit more. I want to get to, to, to this one part. It, it, uh, oh, There's this guy I like that he he drops a hard F in the Oh man, what a fun ride this is. What a fun ride. I was, when I initially, so I got this uh, Friday morning when I was at work, and I, I swear to God, I listened to this on repeat for like a half hour, this six minutes of content. And every time, it plays like something you would do, like, it's found. It feels like something you would make in middle school to make you sound cool. Like, yeah, yeah. strippers. Strippers love me. I have so many of them calling me. It's a problem. <laughs> yeah, and as a girl who has a few friends that are strippers, I can absolutely vouch for the fact that um, they are legitimately interested in all of their clients outside of work. <laughs> Yes, especially especially the ones like Chris Restivo, who's clearly, I mean, cryptocurrency mogul, NFT sl- salesman, um, stripper lives matter, Chris Restivo. Can I also suggest, Eric, maybe we need to make a song called Chris's Dad Has Got It Going On because any woman showing Chris attention just wants his dad's money. <laughs> Oh man. So uh check out the stripper whisperer. I think we'll you know what we'll save trailer part two maybe for next week so Jeremy can chime in. We'll make it a sure. two parter as we continue it. But your initial thoughts of the stripper whisperer. Oh, I do I need to mention that I play this with the thing that said, These are my movie trailers, okay? This is what Chris sent to me. Let's make it happen. So I am now I he's 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 courting me to be an executive producer in the stripper whisperer. And you know what? I'll be honest with you folks. I didn't say no or yes yet. So I'll let the fans decide. Is this a thing that I is this do you think this is a project that has legs at this point? Here's the thing, Eric, if I'm allowed to give a vote, I'm gonna say no. And the biggest reason is (laughs) what (laughs) if this is reason you start not showing up to things is you're like i'm too busy for your text ashley i've got to be on set for the stripper whisperer <laughs> i will quit this <laughs> my only goal would be to get a very the most beautiful trans woman i could to play opposite chris and never tell him until the last day of the shoot that is the only my only goal would be to that to have them be as intimate as possible throughout the film and on the last day the last scene is her showing him his cock like that is my that if i do nothing else i want that to happen i'm happy for you (laughs) (laughs) oh man Uh, i do have another cool fun little story little tidbit yesterday uh i went to um 
I went to help the great Tommy Simbazo pick up some furniture. On the way back, I, uh, I stopped at the liquor store, okay? And, uh, oh my gosh, I'm getting a call from Jeremy Woodworth. Let's accept. Hold on one second here. Out of nowhere. Hello? Jeremy? Is there any way you can send me a Zoom link? I thought you said you were not going to be on the pod today. Of course I can, yeah. Well, I'm on the road, so I'd be driving. I don't want to drive the entire podcast. Okay. Well, you're actually... You, Ashley, you can hear him right now, can't you? Yeah. I mean, you just want to... You're on right now. You're on the pod. Oh, uh, so I'm uh, I'm going up to Harris. Did you already explain it? Yes, we, we just went over where you're going, who you're meeting, uh, and all that. Yeah, we're so we're all up to date with the listeners. Uh, well, there's no point in me calling or even saying anything. Well, I, where, where are you currently? Do you have Edward Young X with you? No, he's taking his own car so he can go back to Jersey tonight. All right, um, cool. And it turns out the uh, the pickup from the uh, hotel fell through. He he got a rental. Oh, okay. So you're not now. You're not picking up the the famous Mark from the room anymore. Yeah, but we're going to have dinner with him. So. Oh, so you are now. What have you planned for the dinner? Like, have you have you thought about what you're going to pitch and or say to him already? Well, of course, I have my um my boombox. <laughs> and I have my rip away pants <laughs> when I start dancing nudes with my like thong. <laughs> okay, okay. I like that you're not going into this naked. Uh this is good. This is and good. Of course my and of course my psoriasis is really extra thick and horrible looking. <laughs> so you've been taking care of yourself. You're ready to meet a big name Hollywood actor. Um what do you think the, the best case scenario of this encounter is? I think the win-win for me is when I start rubbing my bottom on his face and he just starts screaming at the top of his lungs. I don't think that... I'm pretty sure that's an assault that you're describing. So you, if you, it's a successful dinner if you actually assault the actor from the movie The Room. Hey, man, you, you got to do what you do, whether you go to jail. Look, I take all my hints from Gigi Allen and, you know, you do a little jail time and you make a little love and have fun tonight. Okay. All right. Well, it makes sense. All right. I, I understand. Hey, man, you do what you do for rock and roll. <laughs> so, uh, Jeremy, we the other thing that we did while you were gone, and we look for, you know, we also offered a, a full invite for him if he ever wants to be on the Quality Time podcast. But um, we, we we just played maybe about a minute of uh, Chris Restivo's trailer, the the stripper whisperer. We said we'd do part two when when you return to the podcast in full capacity. But what were your thoughts on the uh, on the Chris Restivo stripper whisperer trailer? I think it was one of the best trailers that have been made in a long time. <laughs> Definitely much better than uh, any Will Smith movie or any um, Vin Diesel movie, and a lot less gay. <laughs> okay okay all right well good man uh i'm glad we look forward to having you back on the show when uh when you return from uh, uh you're up in harrisburg pennsylvania is that where you're headed yeah so either if you were uh or um <laughs> if you or ashley can um you know bail me out tonight i really could get out of jail i can't stand being in jail with other men 
Oh, okay. Oh, I love you, Jeremy. No. <laughs> unless, unless they're, they're like trans men and they're actually still like like half woman and don't have their penis attached yet, that would be great. Okay, well, so I'll call the jail up there and see if we can't make you arrangements, bud. All right. All right, man. Well, cool, brother. Well, I'm, I'm well, glad I could add to the, to the podcast today, even though I'm on the road and uh, trying to have fun. I, I'm, I, we appreciate it. We, we, we hope that you document as much of this as you can and bring back some primo content for us next week. And also, if I see any dead animals on the side of the road on the way, I might pick them up and uh, take pictures or something. Yeah, get, I need a good, you know, I, you did raccoons in the past. I'd love to see a dead possum. And that magically also came to life because it was just playing possum. And you go, ah! And you just freak out and start stomping it to death on camera. I think that would really be good content for the show. Hey, and also, you know when, a, like, a semi runs over a deer, like, a thousand times on the road, <laughs> so there's, like, barely any carcass left? <laughs> yeah, yes, I'm familiar with it, yeah. I call that a smucker's surprise. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, nobody kills a deer like a tractor trailer and smuckers. Yeah, the great taste of smuckers sure does bloody the highway with blood. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Well, safe travels, sir. We're going to get on. Hey, well, before uh, before I leave you, Jeremy, and I know uh, we appreciate you calling in and stuff, um, but would you like to say anything about the movie Arachnophobia we're going over tonight? Um, uh, other than that you thought, thought we you were, were sure Italy, we've like already... Other than that you were 100% sure we'd already done this movie, we definitely haven't. Well, I think you cracked the, uh, the, uh, the, the tiniest shell when you mentioned eight-legged freaks but i know i just watched it uh, 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 like a couple of months ago because i guess it was free and and in in my mind i literally thought of all the jokes that we had already done for this and almost to the point of deja vu and i was going insane what was the what was the best bit that you wrote in your mind that you never shared with us um (laughs) Well, number one was talking about the the, the, the the electronics for the final spider that attacks in the basement, not to give anything away. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, uh, I think that uh, there was a scene where uh, Spielberg is hiding in the front seat with uh, with uh, John Goodman. That is and true. He's like, well, only we'll, we'll know about this. <laughs> yes, so. that is true. That John Goodman, when he first shows up in the movie, Steven Spielberg, one of the producers of the film, is hiding in like the passenger side uh, floor, and he goes, "Nobody will know about this, but you and I." <laughs> I like to think that he was actually giving John Goodman a blowjob. Oh yeah, I mean, I would. I'd fucking hop on that Cyclops. Anyway. So. That's that's all I got. That was my best joke. All right, beautiful man. Well, safe travels, Jeremy. We look forward to getting back from you. Uh, please don't get arrested, but do lots of embarrassing stuff to the guy from Mark from the room, please. Oh, and Edward already warned me. Don't go. Don't go over top with your jokes around this guy, just in case. Uh, oh, he warned you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, good luck, brother. I hope you don't get attacked by Mark and uh, 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 return safely back to the podcast. We need you. All right. Bye-bye, Ashley. Bye, Eric. All right, later. <laughs> Bye, Jeremy.
Oh, look at that. A little drop in by Jeremy Woodworth himself. How nice. Okay. Aww. Good. So uh, uh, we wish him the best of luck. We'll see you soon, Jer. Now, Ashley, uh, I yeah. go to the liquor store, right? Sorry, we've yes. been off track. And then we're going to get to Honest <laughs> Ash right after this, okay? That's fine. So uh, I, I walk in there, and uh, it's a liquor store I don't always go to, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it has a good beer selection, and I was in the mood. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm there's a local, there's two guys that usually work there, and then there was some local older lady who they're having a conversation with. She mentions mm-hmm. that it's her son's 16th birthday coming up. And uh, the guys go, oh, so uh, you get him a hooker or what? And she goes, I can't get my 16-year-old son a hooker he might become addicted to it. And, <laughs> and then she goes on, she's just like, I was just like, I, I wouldn't even know where to find one these days. <laughs> As in she's had contacts in the past that she could reach out to, but not anymore. She only knows old haggard hookers. What makes me laugh is she most likely meant stripper. And even then, it raises so many questions as to what type of woman she is. I like her already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, it was very funny. And I'm, I'm kind of chuckling at it, right? And I get up and I pay for my stuff. And then uh, as soon as I'm done paying, the guy behind the cash register says, okay, sorry about that. Hey, so are you getting an Asian hooker or what? And then <laughs> just immediately sparks it back up again. <laughs> so it was a good, it was a good trip to the, uh, to the local liquor store there. You know, that's a fun interaction. They have, they have a good time. You just live in just the coolest place in Maryland. <laughs> oh, I also, Hey, I have another good story too. Okay. This is the last one about my 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 little hometown of Eldersburg, okay? So, uh, I have a local community page, okay? A local community page, which is just our neighborhood. And it's usually 99% is I have a piece of furniture, okay? Would you anybody like this? Nobody ever comes to grab it. And then the other half is just local drama that unfolds, okay? And it is and it is just everything like who is letting their dog shit on this part of my yard? I have evidence. I'm going to start leaving it in your yard. All of that, okay? So it's lots of like local bickering, and it's kind of awesome, right? So I uh, today I got a uh, message for <laughs> that's, that read like this. Uh, my neighbor captured this on his ring doorbell 1 a.m. last night they've just moved in i can't believe our neighbors are doing this and what this video depicts and i'll play the audio (laughs) is an elderly man who's clearly looks like he's hammered he and he runs up to the front door pulls his pants down presses his under underwear still on, presses his ass up against the door and appears to just burst a fart in, like blast a fart into the front door <laughs> and, and run away. But I'll play the audio so you can hear what he says as he runs away right after this. It's uh, it's good. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see. Hopefully it's... Here's him walking. Ass up against door. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> You call me names now? As he goes, <laughs> he goes, he just puts his 
ass up there, farts on the door, and just goes, <laughs> you're done. <laughs> and then I hear some lady in the background go, you're such an asshole. She's like, oh, you're calling me names now. I'm like, you just put your ass on a neighbor's door and blasted fart wind into it. I know this is shocking to you, but this sounds like future you. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to befriend the man who did this. He was just like, it's 1 a.m. I got to fart on some doors right now. But you you wait, though. You befriend the crazy person, and then he's going to be shitting in your lawn. He's going to be jizzing on your car. <laughs> well, Watch. If, if it's an old-fashioned Woodworth fluid fight he wants, a fluid fight he shall receive. You don't think I can fucking lock and load and spray diarrhea across his Pontiac Grand Am? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I get. I have a fucking. I start collecting a bucket of just my own turds. They're called war shits <laughs> that, I'm, that I have to do. I have to do battle with them weekly. <laughs> I hate the idea that your diet of hot dogs and nachos is just feeding a war in the neighborhood. And I. <laughs> I just want to make. All right, I gotta go make a war shit bucket. Uh, we have to end the podcast. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the paperwork when you and lovely Erica finally get divorced. Out of all the things that could have been, the paperwork just says being belligerent in the neighborhood and spreading feces across the lawn. It's a, it's the dream that my father always wanted for me. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, is it about that time for one of our favorite segments on the show? Segment we haven't had in many weeks. An honest ash. Oh, and it's about that time again for another segment of Honest Ash. And here's Ashley Pontius. Oh, hello, listeners. Earlier this week, I was laying on my bed, you know, tits down. And my cat comes and lays on my back, which is very sweet. And I look over and I realize that I can see our reflection in the mirror. And as I'm admiring my big, beautiful ass and my furry pussy, he reaches down and sniffs my ass and then proceeds to throw up all over my back. This has been Honest Ash. <laughs> okay. Join us next week as uh, we hear about Honest Ash and sh- uh, her fucking pussy throws up into her own pussy. Uh, it's a very exciting thing. Join us again next time. You know, the vo- I love the bed of music that goes under an Honest Ash because it makes it feel like, you know, like a story you would tell as a barista, you know, out there. You're like, yeah, a cat threw up on me, uh, under my ass. Yeah. I can't wait to use that same soundtrack when I tell my family I'm having an illegitimate child. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom and dad. Dun, 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 dun. You forgot to take plan B. <laughs> 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 That's me. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, it was. It was. Um, I. I can't. You know, I can't be too upset because it's a very me thing to have happen that I'm having a good moment. You know, I'm I'm feeling some sort of tie or affection to the pet that I keep and I feed and I care for, only to have him tell me my ass stinks and throw up all over the worst part of me to clean. 
<laughs> so. Oh man. Well, I'm. I've It sounds horrible. Uh, nobody likes to be thrown up on. Uh, but maybe he. Did you ever think that maybe the cat just feels that comfortable? He felt ill, and he was just like, "I need mommy's love," and he puked on you. I don't know, Eric. I mean, I've been in very loving relationships and thought it would bring us closer if I threw up, and it never works in my case. <laughs> <laughs> Again, check out the OF for all that. Um, anywho, uh, are we ready to get into tonight's tale? Sure. All right, tonight's tale. The 1990 classic, and Ashley's pick here, Arachnophobia, a movie that taught me so much personally. One, never touch a lamp without looking at it uh, very closely. Uh, also that you could use a lighter and a spray paint can to make your improvised uh, flamethrower if you ever needed one, which 100% works. Uh, and this, didn't know that this before movie, this movie. Yeah, this movie also made me afraid um, of Iraqi people. but uh, Iraqi people? Oh, because of arachnophobia. <laughs> You just, you thought this was a movie about Desert Storm? <laughs> all of a sudden I look down and I just see all these Afghan rugs. I'm like, ah! <laughs> oh my gosh. That was, all right. I liked that one, Ashley. I did. So, uh, fucking, uh, I, uh, they're... This movie is uh, directed by Frank Marshall, mostly known for producing some of cinema's finest films like Raiders of the Lost Ark, Benjamin Button, Signs, and the Tim Curry, Ernie Hudson classic, Congo, uh, which he actually did direct that one as well. So uh, I, love, I, I love Congo. Question, is Frank Marshall, is that the brother of Penny Marshall? I... Don't know, but we could, I'm sure, find out through the internet and figure this out. I don't think they look particularly similar, but, uh, you know. Um, Eric, that's weird when you say that. I've seen you and Jeremy in the same room, and I don't get it. Oh, really? I think we, uh, we're we very round-faced gents. Um, but, yeah, no. We have a little bit see- skin difference. Uh yeah, I don't I don't see a lot of similarities, but I take your word for it because no one would claim Jeremy just for the hell of it. So you guys must be related. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Uh, the writers of this movie uh, were uh, Don Jacoby, who actually would go on to write John Carpenter's Vampires, uh, and, as well as uh, this other Jean-Claude Van Damme classic, Double Team. The movie was Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dennis Rodman. Um, Yikes! The other writer on this one is Wesley Strict, uh, who did the screenplay for uh, Jack Nicholson's Wolf. And uh, the next year, he did the screenplay for the 1991 version of Cape Fear. So some high-powered hmm. writers in here. Uh, of course, this was produced by the great Steven Spielberg, uh, who Jeremy had mentioned uh, insisted, uh, actually was a big part of getting John Goodman on the uh, on the docket here and was hiding in the truck in the opening scene when John Goodman comes out uh, he was he was hiding in the uh, passenger wheel well just going nobody's gonna know except for you and me which is um, gosh isn't that scary that's a favorite phrase among the Woodworths. <laughs> 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 oh, God that made me laugh <laughs> so um, God 
Other stars in this movie, uh, the great Jeff Daniels uh, leads the way, uh, who's playing Dr. Ross Jennings. Uh, of course, we already mentioned John Goodman, who's playing Delbert McClintock, uh, who went on to say that he wasn't phased by any of the sp- spiders. He goes, I don't have a problem, he said. Uh, we see each other eye to eye, my two and their 16. Um, that was just a real thing that John Goodman said wow. about him not being scared of spiders. He just says, I huh. get them. So, God. I wonder if he's secretly crazy. I kind of like it. Yeah. Um, Julian Sands is in this. And can I just say, he is just such a fascinating actor. He's kind of, I would call him maybe not horror royalty, but he's kind of a staple in a lot of those 90s movies. Um, I'd like to give you a true or false about uh, Julian Sands, because I was going to get okay. to him next. Um, uh, okay. True or false, did young Eric Woodworth have a giant poster of Julian Sands from the movie Warlock? True or false? Uh, Absolutely true, because I know you're a closeted homosexual. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sorry. It was a misleading question. It is false. I had a giant Julian Sands poster for the movie Warlock 2, Armageddon. Which is the sequel, the shittier version of Warlock. Not even Warlock 1. It was Julian Sands is Warlock 2. fucking trick question, (laughs) you fucking fruit. God damn it. At what what age did I take that poster down? That's the That is also a trick question. I'm sure you didn't. I'm sure it was taken in the fire. You are that is correct. You did get that one hundred percent. It never came down in my room. I went to college. I was nineteen years old before uh calamity took that off of the wall in my room. So what what you're telling me is the Judeo Christian God was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I my Julian Sands Warlock Two Armageddon poster was destroyed in the fire. Unfortunately, can I say, like hopping actors for a second, Jeff Daniels to me has been sort of like an unsung hottie because he's been in some movies where I'm like, I would absolutely dick him down, but. There are other movies where I'm like, no, he's he's very versatile because like in Dumb and Dumber, I don't feel anything. I'm like, that's gross. But like, honestly, in this movie, I'm like, oh, he's got dad energy, very responsible dad energy. Like I could fuck with some young Jeff Daniels. And then I found out he's older than my dad and it made me cringe. Oh, I do. I mean, I enjoy a Jeff Daniels in this movie. Um, he actually helped uh, rewrite some of the script so it wasn't so robotic uh, and okay. actually came up with the idea of him being scared of spiders as, a, as part of his backstory. Because there is nothing a woman loves more than a weak-minded man. <laughs> So, uh, the spiders used in this film, uh, the small spiders that they were used uh, were uh, Avondale spiders or Delia cancerideus. Uh, that's as best as I can pronounce it. And thanks. A harmless <laughs> species from New Zealand that were provided by land care research in Auckland. Despite their fierce appearance, this spider is actually a docile member of the crab spider family and is in fact harmless to humans. They were not allowed back in New Zealand after afterwards though for quarantine reasons now the 
giant spider in this film is a wild species of bird-eating tarantula, which can attain a leg span of eight inches or more. These type of tarantulas are not easy to handle and can give a nasty fucking bite. The spiders in the film were managed and handled by famed entomologist Stephen R. Kutcher. Well, Eric, does it say that, I can't remember, are those bird killing spiders are they also known as goliath uh as far as i know i have no idea but the giant spider was a bird-eating tarantula that's all i know but they i'll have to look that up on my my own time can i just say though eric i think it's a little bit weird that they chose them i mean i know aesthetically but like with where they were filming and everything i don't know why they didn't just go with the costa rican black widow but i guess with quarantine they're worried that it would give everybody ass strep yes <laughs> it is pretty interesting though this giant uh spider that they did use they actually built a prosthetic that it would wear on its thorax to make it look even bigger and that they painted oh. to have a different color on the back of it so um okay no uh just another fun spider fact though um these uh, the this guy Stephen R. Kutcher, uh, since you can't really wrangle spiders, the way he got them to move on camera is that they're scared of vibrations. So he would set up wires on places where he didn't want them to go and would vibrate them, and it would force them to go a certain direction. So what you're telling me is to get a guy to properly finger me, I need to set up twine across my vagina, yes. so that way they know where to go. Yes, you if you want to get. Uh, fucking finger blasted the proper way. You need to set up a trap similar to like that scene in um the tripwire scene in Predator with like a giant array of tripwires that will then force them uh, to move their fingers in an appropriate fashion. So really, I just I just need to set that all up, and if they still don't get it be like uh just you know how to play stairway to heaven right and then just see if they can maneuver (laughs) (laughs) so this uh this movie if you look up like some of the fun facts about it too most of the facts of this movie are them over explaining how they didn't harm a single fucking spider in this movie they go above and beyond so like the scene where john goodman crunches one on his boot they put a hollowed out boot foot on him so he could just put it over top of the spider and it would curl up inside when it drops down the drain later in the movie it was a fake drain that they immediately got the spider out and super alive afterwards so they were very gentle with these spiders throughout the filming of it I'm a little bit embarrassed hearing that because I have been way less gentle with my fetuses. <laughs> but, you know, for some of the stunts, there had to be a there was a giant animatronic spider that they built that looked like the giant general. Um, now, this giant animatronic spider that they built for the film's climax was uh, one of the earliest prop jobs for uh, Jamie uh, from the uh, Mythbusters show. He actually built oh, that. So that's really cool. There you go. That was one of his first little effects. He built that fucking giant spider for uh, arachnophobia pretty cool i thought so uh the movie starts out with julian sands who plays james alterton uh and jerry manley uh uh, played by Mark L. Taylor, seeking for uh, going deep into the rainforest, looking for new species of anything. Uh, well, can can I just point out though that Julian Sands' character? Now he does this in other movies, but specifically this movie, 
he gives off the vibe of any high school student that spends a semester abroad and then comes back acting like a native. Yeah, yeah. Like he he has strong like I listen to Arcade Fire vibes. If that makes sense, you know, he's. I've yeah. heard this band one time that you've never heard of. They're my favorite band now uh, because you don't well, know about them. Well, that he's the type to be like, um, I spent a semester in Italy. Just remember, it's espresso, not expresso. We don't say that. <laughs> they, they get deep into the rainforest and they find a giant tree. And with the help of a smoke gun that looks like it was designed by the American gladiators, they shoot <laughs> it up into the tree and specimens start to drop down from the jungle forest. So they basically just gas a whole tree and fucking... <laughs> butterflies and cockroaches and a bunch of spiders all fall to the ground which if i'm being honest the same thing happens to me every time i'm around tommy when he smokes <laughs> yes 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 uh, but as these giant tarantulas start dropping left and right uh this happens are you sure it's dead yes quite dead Two more. Well, this is highly unusual. So many spiders this size in such a confined area. Now look at the shape of the abdomen. We must try to find a live specimen. And they do find a live specimen. It jumps out at the photographer, Jerry, uh, Jerry Manley, as he quickly brushes it and then stomps the fuck out of it. And then Julian stands is like, why would you do that to such a creature? He's like, because it's a fucking spider that just jumped on me, you twat. Well, I have two. I have two thoughts to that. One being the guy being jumpy. I, I'm obviously not saying I wouldn't be, but usually you're not just a photographer you're normally a nature and wildlife photographer you should be used to terrifying situations so i call bullshit but also it's funny that he's mad at him for stomping on it i'm like you literally just killed thousands of unknown species in a single moment i don't understand what you're saying yes yeah. <laughs> i also saw a fun fact they said that um while spiders are, you know, they're arachnids, they have an exoskeleton. Spiders that size, if they fell out of a tree that large, would immediately die. There's no chance that they would be able to live a fall like that. It would just crush their bodies. And then it went further to say is that the reason that there can't be giant arachnids is because as, as an exoskeleton gets bigger and bigger, it actually becomes more brittle. So it just would break mm -hmm. under the pressure of just being alive because that's how it like breathes through its giant fucking outside skeleton. Yeah, if you've ever seen listeners, like, you can Google this stuff. It's very cool. If you've never seen a spider shed its outer casing, that shit is wild. And then the colors underneath, especially some of these more exotic uh, species, looks absolutely incredible. I do the same thing when I have to go to shows. I'm like, I'm going to shed my layers of filthy sweatpants and bloody underwear, and I'm going to go look like a lady. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you that there was a, a legit fear I had when I went to the Middle East. Uh, I went to the mm -hmm. Middle East to do comedy. And one of the things that they preached out there, anytime I was at a base, is that you need to check your shoes and you want to check mm -hmm. your bed before you go to bed. And I said, why? He's like, because of camel spiders. And if you've never seen what a camel spider is, first of all, it is the size of like a mini Nerf football. They're not venomous in a sense that if it bites you, you'll die. But what they do do is they wait for you to go to bed. 
and as you sleep, it just has its fangs are like it has like a numbing thing in it, so you can't feel when it bites you, and you'll just wake up in the morning, and it will have eaten like a silver dollars worth chunk out of your leg when you wake up, and you go, oh my god, what the shit is this? And yeah, camel spiders. That's what they do. They use they're known for that because they'll find camels outside and just chew on them all night, and that's how they eat. That is so disgusting. I did not know that. That also kind of is upsetting because now I know why my ex-boyfriend called me the camel toe spider. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... So they're collecting our other large species. Uh, well, they're collecting all this stuff. A rather large member of the sp- species uh, of this spider hitches a ride with the equipment. It's about 15 inches in diameter and very real looking as it jumps. It's not. It looks like a giant fake spider that jumps onto it, but it is cool. Uh, they get back to camp and Manly's not feeling good. He decides to go take a nap, but as he's going to go take a nap, a spider crawls under his real shitty blanket and bites him. I don't like how the bite looks. This bite is like a close-up of like clearly like this fake skin that it bites into but it looks actually worse that it's such a bad looking effect it preys on real fears of like things being under your covers the idea of a a bug or an animal being up in your sheets which is like a a very real fear everybody can relate to just like you said when you were over at the bases in the middle east so like that part i think is is super super cool um i did immediately when that guy was like so fucking sweaty with that fever i was like i should call eric <laughs> <laughs> hey when i was in the middle east too i guess with 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 mr simbazo we were talking to our handler and uh uh, uh who is sergeant pagan and i made mm-hmm. a bet because he was telling us about camel spiders or whatever i said if we find yeah. a camel spider you guys cough up 250 bucks i'll let that thing bite on me for like a minute and Ew, i eric. as soon as i did this First of all, $250 is a lot of money to me, though. Back in, like, 2014, I needed that. So I, but in the back of my mind, I'm a little bit terrified we actually find one because they never stopped looking for a camel spider to bite me. And I I was so happy when I left Jordan spider bite free that I didn't have to fucking cash that check that my ass was not ready to pay. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you do this anyway? <laughs> Listen, Jackass was still cool back then. I was like, I could be those guys and get hit in the balls. Um, you know, it was fun. Well, well, the one thing I also want to point out just about this is they give it this feel, this vibe, almost as if this spider has a vendetta, which makes me laugh so hard. Because this spider watches this guy in particular stomp one of the spiders, and then he somehow randomly chooses. Yeah. I'm like, are you seriously telling me this spider is like, you took one of mine, we gonna take one of yours. Yeah, yeah, he that's his Uncle Ben right there, and his his <laughs> defining moment is to kill this fucking son of a bitch, you know? I like it. <laughs> so, uh, oh, I do have a quick little uh, sound bite of him dying and going, God damn it! And it's just him going, it sounds like the world's most awkward bust. Um, it, it, I was Well, I was going to be really mean, and I was like, kind of sounds like Eric. Um, oh, no. But, but when he's like, God damn it, it kind of sounds like you when you found that pipe burst. 
Oh, God. Yeah, I did have a bursted pipe yesterday. We're not going to get into it right now. I'll probably save it for Laugh Finder. You guys can hear it there since we're already like 50 minutes into this show. Uh, Manly's body then gets shipped back to uh, his hometown, uh, which is uh, Can- uh, Kamaya? Kamiya? Kanima, which uh, Kanima is the name of the avenging spirit of the Guyana Indians. It's also the name of the area in Venezuela where the beginning of the movie was filmed and where it's home to the world's largest and tallest waterfall, Angel Falls. So there you go. Wait, do you say the largest, though? Uh, It says it was filmed home of the world's tallest waterfall, Angel Falls. I'm still the wettest. There you go. <laughs> uh, but the body gets shipped to Irv, uh, who is played by Roy Brocksmith, a uh, great character actor. I remember him from movies like Total Recall, but he's always just some kind of slimy fat guy in whatever he's in. <laughs> it's the best way to describe it. He's a slimy fat guy. Uh, he's he's what I call the meatball of a person. Yeah, yeah. And so, he, he, I, honestly, I think if you look at this guy, Irv, it, shouting out to uh, a great guest on the show from past episodes, it looks like James Finn's final form. If that's, if you could, if you know local comedian James Finn, it looks like his final Pokemon evolution is this guy. Um, so, he <laughs> suggests that uh, it should be a closed casket for this fella. I don't know what their preservation methods, but it looked like he was sucked dry but really he was sucked dry by the giant fucking spider that they missed climbing out of the goddamn casket in california now so which again is also really weird because i don't see how a spider could drain an entire human body like that but what do i know with fiction yeah you know we tried our best uh and also why did it not make like a giant spider web inside of the box i don't understand it it's a very intelligent spider i don't why would it not just start nesting in there I don't know. Yeah, that would look cool. Coming out of the mouth and shit. <laughs> so uh, it quickly leaves the funeral home and makes it uh, takes out a raven um, that <laughs> drops him off right at our uh, the Jennings household. Uh, Mr. Jennings, Ross Jennings, played by, of course, the great Jeff Daniels. And uh, they're just some city folks from San Francisco ready to move out to the countryside where he can become a small town doctor. It's basically the movie Doc Hollywood happening before our eyes. Um <laughs> Well, can I just say, I I so identify with this scenario because, again, I speak for the female population, and there is nothing we love more than to give up our high-paying jobs for our husband's dreams. <laughs> and uh, she then, uh, he's also a, a, an extensive uh, liquor collector. Uh, he collects wines and bourbons and stuff like that. And uh, But they're too expensive to drink at times. He doesn't even like well, drinking them. Well, I'm under the impression it was solely just wine. Like that was his whole thing is they needed the cellar because he's like a wine connoisseur. Well, yeah, he has a bunch of wines, but he also has brandy too because that's what he breaks open to uh, Well, later on in the show. Gotcha. Okay. There's other things. Also, wine doesn't light on fire very good, so it would be a bad plot device for when he tries to. Oh, good point. Like like, how much is it funny? He's like, I got to burn these spiders with this fucking Chateau Lenay. Like it's just, it wouldn't make sense. Get, get them all liquored up how you should really my version of this movie get the spiders all liquored up until they start fighting with each other and they're like boo becky you bitch and then they just take each other out 
<laughs> uh, Real house fighters of Orange County. <laughs> so, um, meanwhile, the uh, the spider is uh, making his way onto the property there. He is um, uh, slowly making his way into the barn. Inside the house, as they're unloading stuff, they find a, um, a, a bit of a... Um, Oh, what's the word? They find a house spider within there, and uh, they decide to give this house spider a new home. And um, inside there, they decide, you know what? A great place for this house spider would be to stick him out in the barn where he can start his new life. And uh, that night, uh, the two spiders meet, and it is just instant electricity as they get... As ten as as legs start to intertwine like this, and there's just it's a beautiful sex scene between two spiders. I did not know Eric was gonna pick this song. Weird Ashley fact. I sing this song probably every single day to myself. <laughs> I love it. This is I, I frequently comment how this is the corniest love song that's ever existed. Is is the love lift us up where we belong? I, yep, I <laughs> sing this pretty much every day of the week when I'm doing dishes. Don't ask me why. It's, it's like a channel has been turned in my head. And if it's not this song, even more embarrassing, it is The Day I Fall in Love from Beethoven 2. <laughs> I, so I don't sing this song frequently, though. I it does make me it brings joy to me. I like what a corny song this is. My other favorite corny songs, though, that I love, I love singing them. And I never have done them at karaoke night, and I also haven't done karaoke in quite some time. But the next chance I get, I am really going to open up uh, Michael McDonald's catalog into my karaoke singing because he, I just, I just need to get up there and just belt out, you know. Uh, uh, what? I want Eric. What's that? I want us to tag team at karaoke one night. I want us to tag team Eddie Money. Baby, hold on to me. <laughs> Whatever will be to me. Keep forgetting all the <laughs> Or once we're like 10 margaritas deep, I want to do Margaritaville. <laughs> oh, man. Did you? Oh, speaking of Margaritaville, did you see that fucking Kyle? Can I sent you that Kyle Canane joke, which is a 10 out of 10 that talks about how the saddest song in the world is Margaritaville. Now that Margaritavilles exist in strip malls all over the U.S., <laughs> this is the saddest so song in the whole world. <laughs> it's so good and it's so true. So, look, just two sad people sticking together about Margaritaville. Yeah. Oh, God. That's such a good bit. Um, <laughs> shout out Kyle Kinane. If you never looked him up, look him up. Very funny comedian. Um, so uh, now the the spiders, the very consensual spider sex has happened. They're making a new breed of spider out in the barn. Now Ross is supposed to take Metcalf's job, who is the uh, the doctor in town, but he's decided, you know what? Everybody who, who retires dies. I ain't doing it. He then meets fucking this twat Sheriff Lloyd, who's giving him a parking ticket, who's played by Stuart Pankin, another uh, uh, another uh, local 
what's the word another character actor that you could probably pick out from like 15 different movies as small parts and stuff like that uh who gives him a ticket but miss margaret rips it up and says he was a bit of bully his whole life and uh margaret becomes his only patient now so uh Next, uh, Molly Jennings, uh, Ross's wife, finds the massive spider web in the attic of the barn. It has been very huge, and uh, we get to hear her tell him about the spider web up there and how maybe he should go check it out. I have a terrible fear of spiders. I'm aware. I've seen what happens, which is exactly why I think you should force yourself to come with me and look at the web. Look at the web. Yes, and see it for the extraordinary and beautiful thing it is. Therapy, Ross. Come on, we live in the country now. It's time to work through this irrational, paralyzing terror. It's not irrational. I know. The incident. It's like it happened yesterday. Ross, nobody remembers anything from when they were two. It's my first memory. Vision the crib. All around me, clear as day. I can still feel a feeling of waking up, just drowsy, peaceful, secure, and then there it was. Probably just a daddy long legs. Yeah, well, it seemed huge. And it just came relentlessly, just crawling through the bars of the crib. And then as it touched my bare leg. I know, you were just wearing a diaper. All of my limbs involuntarily froze, just froze. Probably still half asleep is all. I was paralyzed, Molly. I still get paralyzed, okay? Just please try to understand how this makes me feel. I was just physically unable to stop it from crawling along my naked skin. Just- oh, gosh. Eric, can you do me a favor? Yes. Can you replay that audio? And I want you all to, instead of spider, replace it with dick. Vision the crib. All around me, clear as day. Oh, no. I can still feel a feeling of waking up, just drowsy, peaceful, secure, and then there it was. Probably just a daddy long leg. Yeah, well, it seemed... Oh, it was daddy's long leg. Huge. And it just came relentlessly, just crawling through the bars of the crib, and then as it touched my bare leg... I know, you were just wearing a diaper. All of my limbs involuntarily froze, just froze. Oh, Ashley, you sick bastard, you. (laughs) Oh god! He's like, he's like, it just came so fast, and I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> like that's always a shame when that happens. <laughs> so, uh, oh god, he of course Sorry. goes and uh, climbs up the uh, rickety uh, uh, ladder, wooden ladder, and uh, uh, touches a board that flips a dead rat that's already intertwined uh, within the thing, and uh, it is very scary. <laughs> I will say Jeff Daniels, great screamer. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. No, so really what this tells us is that Jeremy can defeat his rat problem by getting a poisonous giant spider. Yeah, he just needs to get, he he needs to trade a rat problem and gain an arachnid one. I like that. I want Jeremy's house to look like House on Haunted Hill when I walk in next time and just have rats strung up from all corners of it like it's fucking Ed Gein's playground in there. Uh <laughs> So like the only bad thing is you can't find the dog. <laughs> yeah, can't don't know where the dogs are. Oh yeah, we fed them to the spiders. They keep the pests. They're doing a better job. So 
Margaret throws a party for Ross so he can meet the townsfolk and maybe drum up some business for him. Uh, meanwhile, the new breed of spiders uh, hatch in the barn the next day, and they start moving out from the to the Jennings house and in a uh, pattern out from everywhere uh the spiders do eventually make their way to the party as it's wrapping up and there's a whole bunch of almost oops almost got bit oops we just put a cup on top of this one lots of uncomfortable spider moments but as margaret is getting ready for bed she goes to pull the light switch and out of nowhere one drops down from the thing and it is oh my god uh to this day my sweet wife erica will check every single lampshade before she goes to turn it off and look for spiders because of this movie yeah i get it it is a lifelong i did express to eric that like this movie actually did have a lifelong impact on me now i believe eric did this come out in 1990 1990 correct okay i was born in 92 so i obviously did not see this film until years after it had come out but it had been on the tv late one night when i was probably like six years old six or seven um and it had a lifelong impact on me to the point that i suffered from arachnophobia to the point that i would be paralyzed with fear probably well into my my see i got to see it after uh my psychopathic uh, self had already killed probably like a hundred spiders with like just my bare hands growing up. So when I saw this, I was like, why doesn't he just fucking hit him with his shoe? Cause that's what I would do. Um, so it wasn't scary to me, but my younger sister, Rachel, absolutely terrified of spiders. And th- this movie a hundred percent had to do everything with it. So, Oh yeah. I, I have to imagine that like, I know this maybe isn't, I don't think this movie is something that, that goes down in the annals of history of just like, Oh, this is, such an iconic piece but i i think it deserves more respect than it sometimes get for having a very real impact on american society during that time yeah i think it scared a lot of people of fucking spiders and uh the director you know his his whole deal is that he wanted to make this movie um of course that is director uh frank marshall he wanted to make basically the movie the birds but with spiders so he's it's very hitchcockian in some of the way things are uh filmed but also has a nice lighthearted uh some nice lighthearted jokes that break everything out like the bumbling cop who gets shit on all the time and our new character we're about to meet shortly mr delbert but uh ross the next day goes to go check on his one patient uh, uh, margaret and finds her collapsed and dead within the home uh but dr metcalf blames that on dr ross because uh, he took her off of her uh, heart pills because she said she didn't need them mm-hmm. because Dr. Metcalf is a fucking dinosaur and doesn't know how to treat people anyway. Uh, Henry, at the funeral, though, says he'll be his next patient, and uh, Henry is uh, Henry Beach Beecham, I think is his last name. Uh, and this, yeah. It's something along those lines. I have it written further down. But that's he's played by the actor Peter Jason, and I like Peter Jason because he's in one of my favorite films as the leader of the resistance in They Live. So uh, I do love him in that. He's the guy that holds uh, has all the glasses, and he's giving them out and waking people up. Yeah. No, I, I always knew that. Every, every time after I've been on the podcast and I've seen him pop up in something, I'm like, oh, that's Eric's favorite. Uh, I, I love that the business he throws 
at Jeff Daniels' character is just to feel the testicles of <laughs> yeah, seventeen yes. high school boys. Yeah, I do. He gets he get he does bring him to the local high school gym where he has to grab uh, where all the boys have to get their balls held and then cough, which I haven't had done to me in a very long time. Um, I did every physical I ever had to get to play sports. They check you for that though because it's to check to see if you have a hernia. And then I actually got a hernia. Uh, once and that was a much more invasive uh uh, checking because what they do and I don't know uh, if it, I, I'll get graphic with it I had I went to go see an Indian man doctor who uh, verified this and checked me without a glove and there was a finger that went in a place that you would be surprised so uh, <laughs> I feel about it I felt I was like maybe you should put a glove on but you know I was just like I'm glad he has verified that there's a hernia and I got my first finger in my butthole it was nice well there's Huh, there's a couple things there. So first of all, when you just said Indian man, I thought you were about to tell me you went to like an American Indian uh, medicine man. He was a shaman. Like, yes. Yeah, help me with my <laughs> Steven with Seagal. My he was covered in um, beads. I do. Ag- <laughs> I do agree with you that he probably should have been wearing a glove. The only excuse I can think of is that your poos are so slippery that it literally just washes right off. Yeah. So there's chunkage it was only um, weird when he finished and he went and smelled his fingers real hard and he's like yep you got a hernia <laughs> well i thought that Eric, was odd if, if you ever need anyone you know like pre-wrestling or something to, <laughs> to give you a good health check i love to squeeze that shit oh, um, thanks. <laughs> but but I'm a little bit sad because the other trivia I read about that scene was that the role was originally supposed to go to Tommy Sinbazo, but he was too busy squeezing a guy at Magoobie's desk. <laughs> that is true. That is his old move right there. It would be funny for Tommy to just go down a, a whole locker room of people. Monkey grabs the beach. Monkey beach. grabs the beach. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Next, uh, they uh, we have the local exterminator played by John Goodman uh, as his character Delbert uh, come to examine the possible termite problem because earlier in the day, uh, our sweet Dr. Ross had shot a nail gun into it and it completely went through the floorboard into the next floor. So they think they have a termite problem. He comes to go check it out and is just, you know, he's a bit of a comic relief and I love this line he delivers right here. I didn't find a thing. Go figure then why is all the wood rotting? I'll tell you why. Bad wood. So what do we do? Tear out bad wood. Put in good wood. My husband thought this would make a good wine cellar. Oh, yeah? I collect beer cans myself. I got a rare 74 Miller Lite with a misprint on the label. Only 100 or so cans in circulation. The husband just might want to take a gander. <laughs> I like that he thinks his beer can collection is on par with what he what he's seeing <laughs> down in there. Well, the the part that makes me laugh about this, and it's so funny, you love that line because earlier this week, listeners, I told Eric that one of my friends who grew up, we'll just call it, you know, very trailer trash level, and she confided in me that she still had her uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. glasses. 
And Eric misheard me. He goes, what, you getting rid of those? I mean, I could strike a deal with you. I don't want to see those go in the garbage. And yeah, like, yeah, but then I had to, I remember I did walk it back a little, oh, wait a minute, is it senior or junior? Or because junior. There, there's a different price for both. If it's the Intimidator number three glasses, yeah, they go in display. If they're if it's junior, okay, they're Mountain Dew cups. Those are family household use, for sure. I I support you i think that's great i just want to let you know we're more of a richard petty family over here oh okay i hey listen the king reigns supreme and i will not fight you on that <laughs> although i will say jimmy johnson a little bit more decorated in the modern era so um that is the white trash moment with eric woodworth <laughs> <laughs> My dad, my dad loved NASCAR and it was, I guess, but he was, he liked the most hated driver in all of NASCAR, which is the Jeff Gordon, the rainbow warrior, Jeff Gordon, oh who is not, listen, because he drove the rainbow car, it was not a manly thing to enjoy the rainbow warrior, Jeff Gordon. Okay. <laughs> and my dad had cars in the home and everything. He loved him some Jeff Gordon. Well, look, the last thing I'm going to say is I may or may not have had my bisexual awakening to Danica Patrick. Anywho. Oh, okay. I like, yeah. I would have guessed Lucy Lawless, but that's strong. Okay. I was too young for Lucy. She popped up on the radar much later. Okay. All right. So as, uh, as, uh, the, the doctor um dr ross uh jennings he goes and checks all the high school people but then sticks around for practice one of the boys gets bit by a spider that's in his helmet also terrifying why is no one checking to see if they even when the, i don't have a spider problem i still look in my helmet to see if there's a deadly spider in it before i put it on every piece of clothing i give a good once over you know i have I have to do the same with my pussy. I have to like <laughs> stick a piece there and be like, is there anything living in here? Hello? So, so uh, he's down for the count after getting crushed on a play over the middle. Uh, the spider escapes undetected and crawls out of the helmet. Nobody's paying attention to jack shit. Metcalf casts some more shade on Dr. Jennings at the funeral, saying that he's given him the nickname Dr. Death. Everybody, this guy looks like, looks at his dead within 24 hours. Yikes. Uh, but later that night dr metcalf is putting on his slippers as a spider crawls into him and all of a sudden he and his sweet wife and it's it's worth noting his sweet wife is also the mom from uh happy gilmore uh or the grandmother the grandma from happy gilmore she's been in so many movies i love this woman she has done um even some other great horror movies like she in a movie i have been dying for us to do as well she has been uh, in the mouth of madness which is a john carpenter piece oh yeah which i have i have a copy of the mouth of madness here i'm very excited which i gave you because i'm stupid and forgot i had <laughs> well no i got i got but you have the better version now because i got you, you that well, i got you a blu-ray copy of it Yes. Well, Eric was sweet enough and got me a Blu-ray for my birthday, but I'm stupid and literally did not realize I also owned the DVD because I might be legally returned. Well, now I have the DVD, so uh, it because all worked out. Because you are out. legally returned. <laughs> and I am also super retarded, so... Uh, but yeah, Dr. Metcalf puts on his uh, slipper and one of those goddamn poisonous spiders is inside and... Damn! What's wrong? Some damn thing bit me. Oh my god, it's just a spider. Spider? Sounds like a damn cougar. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> 
Sarah! I'm having a seizure. Ah! God damn it! And he has a seizure, and uh, she calls the ambulance and Dr. Jennings. Uh, but by the time they get there, he's already been dead for like five minutes. But the good news is, after all of that, he's the new town doctor, and business is a boobin'. Ah, so. I plan, I plan to do the same thing with comedy. I just slowly start taking out all the female comedians. And I'm like, wow, there's only one woman in the DMV. How did that happen? I like that you think uh, women's comedy here is similar to how Highlanders work. There can be only one. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I didn't say that's how it worked. I'm just, <laughs> it, it is how it works, but it wasn't me that did it. <laughs> so uh, the coroner does finally do an autopsy on the sweet doctor. They find out that it could be a spider bite as there is some type of unidentified toxin within the bloodstream. Jennings then goes ahead and orders all the body to be exhumed and tested and uh, there are some pushback from the local authorities they're not crazy about it like you can't just dig up people and he's like the fuck I can and I'm gonna meanwhile if I was a coroner can I just say how irresponsible I am as a person if I was a coroner I would be digging up dead bodies like I was a cat in a litter box. I would just be like, dig <laughs> just, them up. Just for funs. Um, uh, scratch, scratch that surface. We can bury, we can save a lot of room. Bury five on top. I don't care. <laughs> So, meanwhile, there's a sleepover at the Jennings house with one of the neighbor girls who likes to blow up bullfrogs for fun. Uh, Lesbian. As, they, as they're singing uh, Itsy Bitsy Spider songs, a spider descends and they nearly get bit, and uh, but accidentally kill it by dropping a book on it. Uh, the Again, no uh, spiders were actually harmed. It was a hollowed out bottom book, and uh, they were very sure to let us all know that. So... Uh, Hollowed out bottom was Eric's nickname in high school. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how I felt. That's what my nickname was after I got that hernia checked. Um, <laughs> so uh, Jennings continues researching, trying to ID what kind of spider could be doing all this. Meanwhile, the spider starts making his home uh, in the wine cellar downstairs. Jennings then reaches out to uh, Atherton since he is the authority on all spiders. And here's this audio clip. I called it Spider Cuck. Every so often in a little town somewhere, there is a health scare, some unexplained outbreak, and spiders make convenient culprits. Did you know, Doctor, that on every suburban acre, there are at least 50 to 60,000 spiders? And that each spider eats about 100 insects per year. That means at least 5 million insects are consumed per acre annually. Well, think about it, Doctor. Perhaps man might find the planet uninhabitable without spiders. Dr. Atherton, I have nothing against spiders. It's just, we have had three deaths in my town, and I'm just, I'm afraid there's going to be some more. Now, if you could just, if you could lend me your expertise for just an afternoon, we're really not all that far from It's a town called Kanaima. So, he, uh... The doctor doesn't go down, but he sends his lackey, Chris, down there, uh, who is just, you know, he's busy playing foosball, but finds the time to go down and go check this out. Well, you know what's funny? I just picked up on this. The number he gave for how many insects get eaten a year. Eric, you eat more hot dogs than spiders eat insects. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. I have a hot dog addiction, and I will not apologize for it. Um, So... (laughs) 
immediately though chris gets there and starts noticing the bites and everything and realizes he's in over his head they call in the big boss that night jennings sees a spider on the wall but it's just a coat hanger and a shadow he's still scared of spiders uh they do find one dead one in a cereal box though that's sheriff lloyd's doing he finds it and they collect it as a specimen but they're trying to find a live one meanwhile coach uh at coach beachwood's house spiders are all over there in the offense he almost gets bit while he's taking his shit his daughter almost gets bit while she's having a shower but luckily washes it down the drain in the nick of time um the chris and jennings then uh catch one but he needs his help so he makes him he makes jennings step forward to distract it so he can get it and it's almost unbearable for him to take one step towards a spider which is gonna suck for the closing act because they he has so many more spiders to come in contact with so uh the, the football coach then calls Delbert to go take care of the spider problem at the Beechwood home. Meanwhile, they're testing the venom for its bite, uh, it, the venom bite, and they inject it into a small mouse, which is very sad. They instantly kill it. Uh, they find no sex organs in them, but they're like drones or worker ants or worker bees. Uh, short lifespans, but Authorton tells us more. It- it's also like a Woodworth man, completely sexless and has a short lifespan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know, Erica keeps my balls in her purse. Relax. Um, she lets me borrow them whenever I want. Uh, so Dr. Authorton then theorizes what could be going on. In their own ecosystem, the species I discovered in South America live at the top of the food chain. They spread out from a central nest in a web-like pattern and dominate the entire area. But in their original habitat, they are contained by geography. That isn't true here. So the original male's the granddaddy of them all. And he's acting like a general sending his troops out to battle. Right. Uh, excuse me, Professor. This is our town exterminator. Dover McClintock, infestation management. Always nice to meet a colleague. <laughs> I love I love that he introduces himself as a colleague of a, a they're like we're pretty much the same kind of guy and then uh the then the doctor gives us some more doom and gloom just real, real quick one last little thing and then I got you in this first generation the original male also produced a queen and together they will construct a primary nest which the queen will guard but eventually she will create reproductive offspring of her own and when that happens, this town is dead. And the next town, and the next town, and the next one, and so on. Irv owns the mortuary where the infest... I like how he went from, you don't have a spider problem, to, you have a spider problem that's going to end the world. <laughs> <laughs> Within 15 minutes of the movie, he goes from here <laughs> to the world is ending, if we don't find this it's fucking so nest. It's so funny. Well, the other thing I thought of whenever we were laughing about, yeah, like, I'm a peer... I love when that happens with uh, open micers who've been doing it for a few weeks and they're like, we're the same. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> we, we are. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm also a first timer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So um, 
let's see. They go to, they 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 theorize that, you know, that came back with the guy who originally died. So they got to get to the mortician's house and check it out. That place already crawling with the fucking spiders. By the time they get there, he and his sweet wife Mimi from the Drew Carey show are already <laughs> dead as fuck, sitting on the couch, didn't even make it through all of their program or their popcorn. So, Ugh. unfortunately. Yo, I can't remember. I know I watched it just the other day, but I can't remember. Doesn't the spider come out of one of their mouths? No, it crawls across her oh, face like that. Yeah, it it's got real me. Creepy. Oh, I hate that so like much. It. Did like it. So, uh, meanwhile, the uh, the the sweet doctor uh, Atherton and the local sheriff Lloyd go to check out the barn because there's a giant spider web up there, and he finds that the nest is there. Uh, the sheriff immediately leaves to go get the others, but they also figure out that holy shit, the nest is probably at my house because they draw all the dead bodies and sure enough in the middle of the spider web that they make it is fucking jeff daniel's house so everybody is headed back to the place to go and hopefully destroy the main nest uh now they get while atherton is there he does so atherton julian sands is a um super smart scientist that knows all about these spiders okay he's sure he's seen how big the queens are he knows everything about them how they move how they operate and everything he goes in there by himself and then immediately does this and taps on the spider web and says just dies the easiest of everyone in the movie like sacrifices his what was his plan what was he gonna do when the thing showed up other than die (laughs) so this movie is actually about the ten commandments and he committed the sin of arrogance and he uh he died so this is essentially instead of the movie seven it's eight Uh oh arrogance the eighth one because eight-legged eight-legged for oh and that oh god damn it yes i'm uh. so much smarter than me look at the so next delbert heads into the barn to find that atherton is dead as fuck inside the main house uh with chris and uh the rest of um uh, uh, Ross's family they notice immediately holy shit we're not alone there's a fucking million spiders in here they're coming in through the windows the doors everywhere it is pure sheer terror they can't go back out through the front door so they head for the second floor bathroom as they all are creeping up there, there's spiders on webs that are dropping from left and right and just Jeff Daniels screaming and panicking throughout the entire part of it uh, they're fighting them off at the bathroom doors they crawl out the window and Jeff Daniels, to his credit, putting up a great fight, hitting him with uh, oh, yeah. uh, 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 with 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 the towel and everything. But his family gets out safely. But then he's trapped within there, is forced to go back into the maw of this, and immediately is just covered with spiders. Fucking WWE flips himself over the balcony, goes crashing through his shitty wood floor that they've already established, like the Dudley boys in a table, tables, ladders, and chair match, and crashes into the cellar. Okay, and uh, when he finally comes through, uh, he's kind of knocked out. Delbert though is coming in like a fucking Judge Dread. He's fully dressed like. <laughs> 
like the like the murderer from um, My Bloody Valentine. He's got a gas mask on. He's got blasters of fucking poison that immediately like ass like burns the fucking spiders and shit like that. And he he rolls up and you just hear this line right here. Rock and roll. There you go. So he's ready. He's full on Bruce Campbell groovying his way through the house, killing him left and right. But in the in the basement, when he finally comes through in the cellar, he starts fucking trying to wipe spiders off him. And he realizes he's like, oh, it's damp. It's quiet. Oh, this is where the nest has to be. It has to be actually in here. So he starts looking for this thing with a shovel. One big spider gets on the shovel. He flings it and fries it on the old school fuse box as it just starts gushing out. Then he's like, well, good thing I got that big one out of the way. That's good. And then he finds the fucking nest that's sitting in the corner. So he goes and takes an old bottle of brandy cracks it open, starts dousing it with him, and then all of a sudden, giant animatronic spider comes out of nowhere, and I decided to reuse this, uh, this little drop right here uh, from one of our past episodes uh, right here. Robot acid spider! That's from our movie Runaway with the great Gene Simmons. Um, anyway... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I all I wanted to say was just listeners you can use the exact same tips when you are trying to figure out if you are near my vagina you know you're close because it'll be damp it'll be dark and it's going to be filled with a lot of eggs so so near the end here Jeff Daniels is in a mortal combat with this fucking spider he's flinging wine bottles at it left and right missing it by his inches expensive wine bottles in fact one's so expensive he's like no not the chardonnay and he puts it back right which by the way doesn't make any sense because a second ago he's willing to burn his entire house down to kill the spiders but now he can't burn this bottle of chardonnay it's very funny to me right so uh he's doing that he eventually gets out from underneath the wine shelf and then starts uh he picks up a lighter and a fucking can of spray paint using it as an imp- uh, improvised fucking flamethrower trying to burn this thing he eventually hears it in like one of the pipes and he waits at the end for it and then of course he's too slow on the gun it just jumps on his face immediately he doesn't burn it at all it's on him and now he's incapacitated with fear laying on the ground as it slowly gets closer to him and closer to him he lays there but then flings it with a board that's sitting on his chest like a seesaw into open fire and he's like whew glad that worked I don't have to do anything to worry about. Uh, Better go burn this fucking uh, nest now. No, the fucking spider's on fire now. It's back, and it's a deadly spider that is made of fire. He picks up the nail gun, shoots the motherfucker, and not only shoots the spider, but shoots it into the nest, so he kills them both with one shot. An amazing shot, to say the least. And... Nice shot. There you go. Nice shot. And then he goes, oh, thank God. And he goes, oh, thanks. I've been called better. And Dilbert comes over and helps him up all late to the fucking party. And uh, that is uh, everyone is a lot. His family is both alive and safe. The nest has been destroyed. And uh, but you know what? They're not they're not about country life. They decide to move back to San Francisco uh, and in an end scene where uh, they think they're all safe. They immediately earthquakes start. And they're like, maybe we should go check on the 
kids. Yeah, maybe we should go check out the kids. That was just a little earthquake. It doesn't really matter. And that's how the movie ends. But then they play what could be, I'll say it, the gayest ending song I've ever heard in a film. It's a pro spider. It's a pro, like, don't hurt the spider song. And I'll just, I'll give you a little bit of it here. Doesn't sound anything like I'll be watching you at all. It doesn't. It's it's just whoever made this clearly for this movie is so bad. Just, don't bug me, don't mug me. I'm better left alone. Let me twirl in my Yeah, don't the don't squish me song at the end of arachnophobia stays on while we fuck. Uh, that's, <laughs> it's such a fucking bizarre song to end it to. But uh, Ashley, what are your final thoughts on arachnophobia? I don't care how bad the music choice is. I love this movie very, very much. I think it's. I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten. I like this movie. It's a good blend of humor and good horror. Uh, I I love it. I don't regret this. I do. I you know what? I like arachnophobia. I remember seeing it back in the day and thinking it was great. It was a it was one of those scary movies you could watch with the whole family that was just scary enough that you could still go to bed and not worry about a clown that lives under your bed. Uh, because <laughs> Poltergeist didn't really sleep good after I watched that as a child. You know, much scarier movie. Uh, but no, I love arachnophobia. It was great. Uh, currently, uh, they think the only way it's available if you don't already own a copy is on YouTube. Uh, you can rent it or voodoo for a couple bucks so you want to check it out have a wonderful date night and scar your children for life show them arachnophobia (laughs) it's fun we have a good time um ashley where can people find you at uh you can always find me online at ashley pontius laughs and you can catch me anybody in the phoenixville pennsylvania area i will be performing at the american grill uh, that'll be Saturday the tw- or Friday the twenty eighth. Sorry, of January. Oh yeah, uh, February. I got some big shows coming up. Uh, of course, you can catch me and Ashley at Rough Edges Brewing uh, next month. Check that shit out. We're gonna have a fun show there. I also got Murder Mysteries, Love, Marriage, and Murder all through the month of February. Magoobie's Joke House, DC Improv, and other places like that. Ashley, you're Jeremy. Take us out. Oh hi, Mark. <laughs> 